Welcome to Barely Audible Whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR, brought to you in no part by the following parody sponsors. Fox News. Cutting away from the Senate impeachment trial to editorialize about the Senate impeachment trial, because nothing says we report you decide like deciding not to report in favor of reporting what we've decided about what we've decided not to report. CNN where our idea of balanced coverage necessitates including at least one Trump supporter in all our panels, and including a Trump supporter who actually supports the sham Senate trial, necessitates including a blind sycophant willing to lie. So, when you think about it, Rick Santorum really is the least scummy scumbag we could find. And MSNBC. No longer godless liberals. Because Adam Schiff is our god now. I am Dave. And I am Molly. And our voices lack in volume what Fox News coverage of the impeachment trial lacks in coverage of the impeachment trial. Our top story tonight. President Trump's Senate trial began this Wednesday following a contentious debate over the rules of trial in which all of Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer's amendments aimed at calling witnesses and subpoenaing evidence were voted down on a 53-47 to party-line vote. The trial, which really isn't a trial because it lacks the basic elements of a trial, is underway and as of this recording there is no guarantee that any witnesses will testify. So, since the real trial will most likely not hear from witnesses, Barely Audible Whisper made up fake witness testimony for a fake trial making our fake trial more like a real trial than the Senate's real fake trial. As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman because we hear he hates that. For the convenience of simplifying this sketch, all of the witnesses will testify at the same time, which is admittedly absurd, but not nearly as absurd as a trial without witnesses. I please the 45th Amendment. It's plead, Mr. President, and there is no 45th Amendment. Fake news! The 45th Amendment is the best amendment because Trump is the 45th President, so 45 is the best number. We plead the 45th Amendment all the time. Get over it! Mr. Mulvaney, you know there is no 45th Amendment. I never said there was a 45th Amendment. The real crime here is how the Democrats and their liberal media allies insist that I said what I just said, despite my insistence that I didn't say what I said, and after I regret having said what I said, if I said it. Mr. Giuliani. I never orchestrated a scheme to get Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden in exchange for military aid. You orchestrated a scheme to get Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden in exchange for military aid. Of course I orchestrated a scheme to get Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden in exchange for military aid! President Trump, didn't you order said Ukrainian scheme? Fake news. I please the Second Amendment. Again, it's plead, and you can't plead the right to bear arms. I'm the president. I can please whatever I please to please. And I please to please the Second Amendment. Because my base doesn't care if I bribe the Ukraine as long as I support the right to carry machine guns to protest. <laughs> yeah, get over it. <laughs> President Trump, according to your own call transcript. Read the transcript. I did. That's why I'm asking you about the transcript. Read the transcript. According to the transcript. Read the transcript. Which I read. You told Ukrainian President Zelensky you needed him to do you a favor. And then told him to talk to Rudy Giuliani about the scheme to investigate Joe Biden. And a debunked Russian conspiracy theory about disproven Ukrainian election meddling. No fair! You're not supposed to read the transcript when I say read the transcript. You're supposed to repeat read the transcript to anybody who's read the transcript. And then tell them that the transcript says what I say it says and not what it actually says. 
We make provably false statements all the time. Get over it. So you admit that you lied about the nature of the call to Zelensky? Like I said before when I denied what I said. I never said what I said. And when I said what I said, I said. I never worked with Lev Parnas. I didn't ask about that. Of course I worked with Lev Parnas. Hunter Biden, you're also here for some reason. Yeah, I don't get it either. Why don't you ask Hunter Biden about Lev Parnas? Fine. Hunter Biden, what was the nature of Rudy Giuliani's work with Lev Parnas? I have no idea. I literally bear no relevance to any of this. Hunter Biden is the real criminal, which I can prove by conspiratorially screaming a list of disconnected non-sequiturs that sound suspicious. But what exactly did he do? Burisma! Ukraine! Corruption! Joe Biden! Investigation! Scandal! Obama! Hillary! $50,000 a month! Democrat double standard! When I scream all those things in a conspiratorial song, they sound suspicious. Sleepy Joe Biden is the most corrupt corruption in the history of corruption. His son made money just because he's his son, which is totally corrupt. Not like my sons who don't make as much money as Ivanka, because Ivanka is hot. We can't prove that Hunter Biden did all of the corrupt things that you can prove that we did. But if you don't believe that he did what we can't prove he did, then we can call you hypocrites for not believing what we can't prove while believing what you can prove. Get over it. But don't get over Hunter Biden. Do what I say, but pretend I didn't say the first thing I said, and pretend instead that the second thing I said is the only thing I said. Can I go now? Here's a fact that you don't know because I made it up. Hunter Biden's real mother was a communist, and she was also a herring fish. Which makes Hunter Biden a red herring! None of this matters. Everybody knows I'm guilty. But my supporters don't want to admit I'm guilty. And the Republican senators are too afraid of my supporters to find me guilty. I'm going to get acquitted no matter what. Because I'm white O.J. Simpson. This isn't the beginning of the end of American democracy. Of course this is the beginning of the end of American democracy! If the condom fits, you must acquit. This Monday marked both the national celebration of Martin Luther King Jr. Day and the anniversary of President Trump's inauguration in what was either a tragic coincidence or further proof that the calendar hates black people. Black History Month is only 28 days, and even though Kwanzaa occurs at the same time every year, no one is really sure exactly when that is. Predictably, President Trump honored Dr. King's legacy with a tweet honoring himself. As always, our Trump impersonator is still a woman, because we hear he still hates that. It is fitting that my inaugmentation anniversary is on Robert E. Lee's birthday, which is also the birthday of some black guy, hashtag blacks for Trump, because no president has ever done more for the blacks than Trump, much better than Obama, because black unemployment and Kanye and Diamond and Silk. You're welcome, the blacks. President Trump also went with Vice President and repressed homosexual Q-tip Mike Pence to the National Dr. King Memorial in D.C. to pay their respects. Respects that lasted less than 30 seconds. 
After bowing their heads in silence for what reporters clocked as less than 30 seconds, the White House white power couple left abruptly without making any remarks. Barely Audible Whisper obtained a hidden microphone recording of President Trump and Vice President Pence as they bowed their heads in fake reverence. Note, this sketch is significantly longer than 30 seconds, because 30 seconds is such a pitifully short period of time that 30 seconds is not enough time to make fun of how little time 30 seconds is. Uh, this is so boring. How long do we have to keep doing this until black people like me? We've been here for seven hours. It's only been three seconds, Mr. President. Ugh, I hate silence reflecting. If I'm being silence reflective, then I'm not talking about me. And if I'm not talking about me, then people might not be thinking about me. I hate the silence too, Mr. President. I need the noise to distract me from my lust. Just keep your head bowed so it looks like you're being respectful. Ugh. That's why we're keeping our heads down? I thought we were keeping our heads down because we're too ashamed to make eye contact with Dr. King. Penises. But pretending to look respectful is a better Penises. excuse. I'm glad I thought of that. Penises. It's only been 11 seconds and my mind is already becoming a Sodom and Gomorrah of sin and penises with nothing but your stupidity to distract me. Do you black people like me yet? This is probably helping, but I cocksafe can't say for sure. The blacks not liking Trump is the most unfair thing that has ever happened in the history of black people. I'm sure if Cockter King, Dr. King were alive today, he would copulate. Concur. Why don't the blacks like me? Even though I told them I gave them the greatest for the blacks economy in the history of the blacks? Leather chaps. Perhaps it's an issue of penis. Perception. Could it be because I'm totally dismissive of the achievements of the first black president who actually engineered the economic recovery, whose low unemployment numbers I'm fraudulently taking all the credit for? That's an interesting anal sex analysis. Or the fact that I refuse to condemn neo-Nazis but called black athletes sons of bitches? Well, you might be on top of me. On to something. Or the fact that I call them the blacks and reduce all of the blacks to Kanye West and Diamond and Silk every time I brag about my support for the blacks. You're almost there. You're almost there. That one actually works both ways. Or the fact that my entire political strategy hinges on stoking racial divisions and promoting the Jim Crow myth of white disenfranchisement against poorly educated white people desperately searching for a scapegoat. <gasps> Not both ways as in I go both ways. Uh, both ways as in... As in, uh... Hmm. When a man lies with another man, it is a man's nice bottom. An abomination! I hate silence reflecting because it makes me reflect about things I don't want to reflect about. We've got to get out of her. Get into him. Mm, get out of here! I hate the legacy of a man who is greater than me. Nobody is greater than Trump. Trump! 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 Let's go. It's been 28 seconds, which is the same number of days as Black History Month. That should be good enough. I'm going to go home and tweet about how great I am for the blacks. Because, as Dr. King said, it is always the right time to do the short-sighted selfish thing. One penis, two penis, three penis, four. Four penis, five penis, six penis, more. The 
not-a-real-trial Senate trial of President Trump began this week amid a flurry of 53-47 to party-line votes defeating all 11 of Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer's amendments aimed at calling witnesses and subpoenaing documents. All 53 Senate Republicans back Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's rules, which do not guarantee the presentation of new evidence or the testimony of witnesses, despite the supposed concern of several Republicans such as Maine Senator and every librarian lookalike Susan Collins. I am very concerned about the concerning concern that people will be concerned that not calling witnesses constitutes a lack of concern, which is why I repeat the word concern concerning my concern. But I am also concerned that my concern will concern Trump supporters unconcerned concerning no witnesses. And their concern concerning my concern is more concerning than my original concern, which is less of a real concern concerning the Constitution than a concocted concern concerning concerned voters who would be concerned if I didn't express my concern. Meanwhile, Utah Senator and hair gel model Mitt Romney justified his votes against witnesses and evidence by claiming he still might vote to allow witnesses after both sides make their cases without the benefit of witnesses. I voted against witnesses this Tuesday because technically I can vote for witnesses as early as next Wednesday. Those votes to delay the possibility of maybe voting to potentially allow witnesses until next Wednesday were especially fitting coming on the Tuesday after the Monday commemorating Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who famously said, Next Wednesday is always the potentially right time to possibly do the right thing. A lot of people are questioning my concern, saying if I'm so concerned, why didn't I vote my concern? But apparently, you can only vote yes or no. Voting concerned isn't an available option. I find that concerning. It's not like I voted for no witnesses. I simply voted against witnesses, with the understanding that I might vote for witnesses later. Unless I vote against witnesses later, which won't be a vote for no witnesses, it will simply be a second vote against witnesses at a second time, which happens to be the only other time I could vote for witnesses, which I think we should have, but I don't want to vote for. That logic is so dizzy and disorienting, Rudy Giuliani tried to drink it when he ran out of booze. And yet, that pales in comparison to the circular logic being applied to the impeachment not really a trial by the president's more sycophantic supporters. For a deeper look at the Republicans' illogical logic, we turn to circular logic expert Smith Sam. Goodbye, circular logic expert Smith Sam I am, which is Sam Smith if you start at the end and work back to the beginning, which is to say, hello, I'm Sam Smith, circular logic expert. And if what I just said made sense to you, you must be a Republican. The Democrats' case lacks evidence and direct witnesses. 
Which is why we should not allow evidence and direct witnesses. Because that's not enough evidence for direct witnesses. Ever since President Trump was impeached by the House, his supporters have consistently complained about a lack of evidence, while at the same time they have consistently supported the President blocking evidence. You don't have enough evidence to prove that the evidence the President won't provide would actually be evidence of any of the crimes that you don't have enough evidence to prove. Without the evidence he won't provide, so he shouldn't have to provide the evidence because you don't have the evidence that he won't provide to prove he should provide the evidence. If this exhaustingly illogical tactic sounds familiar, that's because it's the same tactic Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh used to defend himself against rape allegations during his confirmation hearings. I didn't rape anybody, and you can't prove I raped anybody, and I'm innocent until proven guilty! Will you submit to an FBI investigation? No! Oh, wow. Because I'm innocent until proven guilty, so you can't do anything that might prove me guilty because then you might prove me guilty, which means I'm not innocent. I'm guilty, but I'm innocent until proven guilty, so you can't prove me guilty. The logical fallacy of passionately proclaiming a lack of evidence while simultaneously opposing the introduction of evidence is even more complicated in the case of impeachment where circular logic is being applied on top of the already rationally frustrating tactic of moving the goalposts. We absolutely should not hear from the whistleblower because he doesn't have first-hand information. The first-hand witnesses aren't first-hand enough because they didn't hear first-hand from Trump. How do we even know Sondland really heard first-hand from Trump if we haven't heard first-hand from Trump? Trump should not have to testify. And when moving the goalposts with circular logic inevitably leads the goalposts back to where they started... We absolutely have to hear from the whistleblower. There's always downright lying. The transcripts prove that my call was perfect. As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman because something has to be consistent. The real crime here is Sleepy Joe Biden, who I can't prove did everything you can prove I did. Joe Biden is corrupt. We don't have to prove it because it feels true. And unlike liberal snowflakes who are irrationally guided by their feelings, our feelings are rational because they feel rational to us. And so we see a perfect Orwellian storm where available evidence can be ignored. We have corroborated eyewitness testimony. Never Trumpers! Email exchanges, text messages, and independent media accounts. Liberal bias. That confirm President Trump withheld Ukrainian aid and Oval Office meetings to enforce Ukraine into announcing an investigation that served no purpose other than to further his own personal political interests. What about the Biden? Further evidence can be demanded. You need more evidence and witnesses but then immediately denied. You can't subpoena evidence and call witnesses. Under irrational pretenses. The House should have gotten the evidence and the witnesses, and since the House didn't do the House's job, then the Senate doing the Senate's job would really be the Senate doing the House's job. And the Senate shouldn't have to do the House's job, even if it's also the Senate's job, so the House can't ask the Senate to call witnesses the House couldn't get. So you can't present evidence or witnesses, and we will acquit on the grounds of a lack of evidence and witnesses. I find that concerning. Susan is concerned. Why don't you like me? This is the perfect phone call. Monday was Martin Luther King Jr. Day. 
In his honor, we present a quote from his 1964 Nobel Peace Prize acceptance speech. I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war that the bright daybreak of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. Monday was also the day that, in protest of gun control laws likely to be passed by Virginia's new Democratic majority legislature, 20,000 people tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war descended on Richmond. We could take the lazy route and make a bunch of jokes about how the protesters carry huge guns to compensate for tiny penises, but we're above that. Are we? Historically, no. But there's more to this story than just angry little dicks waving weaponized phalluses around. We asked our correspondents who would like to go cover the gun rally. Fuck that! I'll do it. Hi, I'm Dina Deathwish, and I don't care if I piss off these assholes. Fuck them. Hey, you, with the gun. <laughs> they all turned. You, come here. What's your name? Where are you from? Peter Little, Short Pump, Virginia. That can't be a real place. It is. All right, Short Pump, Little Peter. Why are you protesting? Virginia's new laws are unconstitutional, and we have a right to protest peacefully. You're holding a sign with an AR-15 and the slogan, Come and get it. That message sounds like a threat to shoot officers at the law. I take it you don't support law enforcement. I love law enforcement, but it's only law enforcement if the law being enforced is constitutional. The Second Amendment is part of the Constitution. Can't change it. So given that impeachment is part of the Constitution... Unconstitutional witch hunt! As a Trump supporter, you're clearly unable to see the irony, so I won't fucking bother. Hey you, come here. Who are you and where are you from? I'm Willie Petate and I'm from Drew, West Virginia. Drew? Wait, West Virginia? Yeah, that's right. So these laws you're protesting don't fucking apply to you? Solidarity. I'm taking arms to my brothers fight for their rights. Do you expect to see any violence today? I kind of hope so, be honest. But if there was any violence today, that would only prove the gun control advocate's right. I feel completely safe antagonizing you, because if one of you were to shoot me, that would most likely lead to more gun restrictions. Well, I... Well, God damn, that's a pickle! Said no one to you, ever. Next, you. What's your name, and what fucked up city are you from? Rod Larkin, and I'm just from outside of Intercourse, Pennsylvania. Are a lot of you assholes from out of state? Oh yeah, there's there's folks from all over. And why did you come here? It's a show of force. We will not sit quietly and let the government take our guns. 20,000 people. Most protesting a government that has no power over them. Not exactly the million man motherfucking march, is it? Hey, you in the mask, who are you and where are you from? BJ Biddy Wang, PP Township, Ohio. What's the point of all this? It's a peaceful protest. You're carrying something that appears to be the governor hung in effigy. So peaceful. Freedom of speech. And it says, ever thus to tyrants. What the fuck is tyrannical about this? It's government going against the will of the people. The majority of Virginians support common sense gun legislation. That's why all these Democrats won, dumbass. And first thing, they're coming for your guns. Everyone who currently owns assault-style weapons will be grandfathered in as long as they register. Registration is just the beginning. Of? Coming for your guns. Ah, slippery slope bullshit. 
What if I told you that I thought putting in God we trust in schools was a slippery slope to force conversion to Christianity? Well, obviously, in some communities, the majority would support in God we trust, but, but they'd have a problem with forced conversion, so it would never happen. Since you're a Trump supporter, I'll assume you're incapable of seeing the irony there and move on to the next fucker. Oh, hey! Holy shit, a black guy! What's your deal? I'm Dewan Testicle, and I'm from Ball Bluff, Minnesota. I'm here because this is the only place I can openly carry my weapon without fear of getting shot. That's fucked up. But why do you feel the need to openly carry a weapon? I'm very insecure about my own masculinity. Hmm. At least you're aware of it. Let me ask you something, though. Don't you think it's a little disrespectful to Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy to do this today? Oh, definitely. Then why convene with this crazy cavalcade of cockless Caucasians? Look, I'm from Minnesota. I'm the only black guy I know. I have way more in common with these people. Plus, they love me. I'm the token black friend that proves they're not racist. I wear my Blacks for Trump t-shirt, and they put me in the photo ops. Hey, I'm Dick Deficient with the NRA. Can I get a picture with you? Sure, man. So you're pretty happy a black guy showed up, huh? Hell yeah. Would you be happy if five black guys showed up? The more the merrier. Uh, to a point. What if 50 black guys showed up, armed to the teeth like the rest of you sons of bitches? That... Might get uncomfortable. What if 20,000 black guys were roaming the streets with assault weapons? I'd be thinking pretty damn hard about gun control. Shit, yeah, you would! See the irony there? No. I'm a Trump supporter. Former Trump Administration National Security Advisor John Bolton recently agreed to testify at President Trump's Senate impeachment trial after refusing to testify before the House's impeachment investigation. Mr. Bolton, whose mustache and political philosophy are both indistinguishable from Yosemite Sam, has a new tell-all book about his time in the Trump White House coming out soon, but he swears that the timing of his book release has nothing to do with his decision not to testify. Barely audible whisper obtained audio of Mr. Bolton meeting with his publisher. proceeding make me spill the beans, spoil the surprises, and sink the sails. No way, no how! Unfortunately, all of the insane warhawks who might ordinarily buy your book are even more fanatically pro-Trump than they are pro-war, so they won't buy your anti-Trump book no matter how pro-war it is. And, um... All of the anti-Trump people who would ordinarily buy an anti-Trump tell-all won't if you tell all in your tell-all instead of telling all in testimony. Well then, I reckon I better give them dang varmints the rootinest, tootinest, gosh darn testimony since that little livered, common-loving lawyer asked Joe McCarthy, that long-last varmint, ain't you got no dang old decency? I'll arrange a press conference. Look at here, you yellow-bellied enemy of the people media varmints! I done changed my mind regarding my testimony. 
I'm through hiding behind a bunch of executive privileged lily-livered legalistic gobbledygook. I'm gonna give Trump a taste of the rootinest, tootinest frame of publicity as testimony this side of the bacillalist. Unfortunately for Mr. Bolton, Senator Majority Leader and evil cartoon tortoise Mitch McConnell decided not to allow witnesses at the Senate not a trial trial. <laughs> Just because this is a trial and trials have witnesses doesn't mean that this trial will have witnesses because words don't mean what they mean anymore. <laughs> well, I'll be dead blamed if I'm gonna let some dag blamed dag blamed turtle keep me from a selling my tell all and it's tell all. <laughs> I thought you didn't want to testify so as to not spoil all the spoilers. <laughs> well, that was before my varmint publisher done showed me the dang blam market research with the rootinest tootinest pie charts in all the nation. And I seen with my crazy eyes that testifying against that varmint Trump is the only way I'm gonna sell more books than that anonymous varmint. Anonymous. <laughs> Sorry, John. Wish I could help, but ushering in a dystopian nightmare is necessarily bad for book sales. <laughs> I reckon I better talk with my farming publisher and figure rootin' tootin' new marketing strategy. Maybe I could turn my tell-all and this tell-all into a children's book narrated by my magical mustache. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're not going to scare children with a magical, warmongering mustache. What's scary about my mustache? It's big and bushy, and it's a gonna strangle every no-good Iraqi varmint! Okay, it's the strangling. The strangling is what scares children. Also the racism. But mainly the strangling. Dead blam emasculated varmint participation trophy generation! Okay, if we could move the discussion away from toxic masculinity and your Iraqi strangling mustache and focus on how we're going to um, sell your book. I got me one of them idea type deals. Okay. Why this is the best idea type deal I've done had since the invasion of Iraq. <laughs> Which somehow in your mind means it's a good idea. I'm gonna pull a live Parnas. You're going to conspire with Rudy Giuliani to extort Ukraine into participating in a political dirty tricks campaign to help President Trump steal the 2020 election? No! I already done told you I don't want nothing to do with whatever drug deal Rudy's a cooking up. I'm a cooking up a rootin' tootin' drug deal of my own. Um, it's enough with the drug deal analogies. The only thing your drug deal analogies make clear is that you've <laughs> you've never been involved in a drug deal. <laughs> I'm gonna pull a live partners and tell all of my tell all and his tell alls in an interview with Rachel Maddow. But you're scared of Rachel Maddow. That's true. Then I'll go on Hannity. You're gonna go on Hannity to bash Trump. Mm, Chris Wallace. You can't go on Fox and bash Trump. If John Bolton, who Fox viewers love, goes on Fox and bashes Trump, who they love even more, then millions of racist, geriatric, Trump-loving war hawks will die from a combination of shock-induced heart attacks and a lack of health insurance. So, I engineered a useless war that I still insist was a good idea. 
obviously don't care if innocent people die! Okay, racist geriatric Trump-loving warhawks are your target demographic. Dead blam, old rootin' tootin' dead blam, entire nation dead blam! Okay, we get it. Pardon my language. But I get to a cursing up a storm when I get so frustrated about him not selling my tell-all in his tell-all. It's like Mitch McConnell said, ushering in a dystopian nightmare is necessarily bad for book sales. I reckon the lesson here is that sometimes my short-sighted decisions lead to unintended negative consequences. I'm a kid learning the lessons is for lily living, yellow belly, comedy loving varmints! That was like a Joker laugh. As of this recording, the House managers are about two thirds of the way through presenting their case for removing the president before the Senate. So, all we've seen from President Trump's defense team so far was their unprecedented and seemingly off-the-cuff arguments during Tuesday night's marathon session of proposed Democratic amendments. I am White House Counsel Pat Cipollone, and even while my voice betrays anger and condescendence, I will be addressing you in the slow and over-enunciated cadence you would expect from someone addressing a room full of very small children. I'm basically what it would sound like if Mr. Rogers was a dick. And I'm like totally Pam Bondi, and like OMG, Democrats are like totally frowny face emoji. <laughs> I'm Jay Sekulow and I'm shouting at you because fake indignation makes bad arguments sound authentic. No president is above the law. Well, here's the law. President Trump is above the law. The rest of Trump's supposed dream team includes Bill Clinton's special prosecutor, Kenneth Starr. I impeached President Clinton for lying about sex, and now I'm defending President Trump for subverting American foreign policy by bribing a foreign country into interfering in an American election and abusing the office of the presidency to cover it up. <laughs> Life is funny. And formerly a respected legal mind, but currently a Fox News personality, Alan Dershowitz. I never touched that girl! She's lying! I'm, s I'm sorry. Denying I raped underage girls has become a reflex. What I meant was impeachment is unconstitutional, even though impeachment is in the Constitution, because the Constitution becomes unconstitutional when I don't like what it says about the Constitution. Barely Audible Whisper obtained audio of President Trump's supposedly legal dream team's last strategy session before arguing Fox talking points against the House manager's well-prepared legal reasoning on Tuesday. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a not-trial. No evidence, no witnesses, let's not have a trial. Yeah, trials are stupid because of all the, like, evidence and witnesses and junk. Let's just, like, acquit Trump already so we can, like, totally take money from Trump charities and then decide not to sue Trump University. <laughs> I agree with Real Life Legally Blonde. Oh. <laughs> we don't need facts and we don't need witnesses. All we need is volume! Ow! Oh, <laughs> It takes huge balls to prosecute one president for oral sex, and 
and then defend another president against charges of bribery, and I just accidentally stepped on those enormous balls. What do you do with the hurt that you feel inside your enormous balls? I feel that way sometimes, boys and Pambondi. The hurt you feel in your testicles when the evil that you've done weighs so heavily on your soul that you accidentally step on your giant metaphorical balls. Do the bad things you've done ever crush your metaphorical balls, Alan Dershowitz? I never touched her! She's lying! I'm sorry, it's a reflex. Anyway, uh, I can't answer your testicle pain question on account of I take pleasure in having my balls stepped on. I pay teenage girls to step on balls. It's a whole thing. The point is, all we have to do is use the word unconstitutional to describe anything we don't like. Yeah, like, I hate the way the press is covering the story. The press is, like, totally unconstitutional. Step on my balls. Calling the free press unconstitutional. I like the balls on her. <laughs> However, balls on a woman is morally reprehensible. I'm going to investigate you, Pam Bondi. Or like my caramel macchiato is room temperature. This caramel macchiato is unconstitutional. Stop sniffing Pam Bondi's buttkin starts. My turn. <laughs> Lawyer lawsuits! Lawyer lawsuits! That's very good, Jay Seculo. Yelling about lawyer lawsuits for no apparent reason doesn't make any sense. But it sure is a distracting way to fill a few minutes so that people forget about the cogent legal argument the house managers just made. They talk about facts. Well, here's a fact. The Democrats don't want you to hear me cherry pick a convenient out of context fact and pretend it magically negates the surrounding fact pattern that put the cherry picked out of context fact in its factual context. You're a very special little lawyer, Jay Seculo. And the implied conspiracy when you say the Democrats don't want you to hear the facts is a kind of cheap, lowbrow lawyer trick that makes your cheap, lowbrow brand of lawyering uniquely your own. Facts are stupid. Say it like I taught you. Oh, facts are unconstitutional. <sighs> I admire this woman's balls. But I'm repulsed by a woman with balls. I'm an enigma. It sure is lucky that this not really a trial trial is completely rigged in our favor. Otherwise, we'd be in way over our heads. Don't you agree, Alan Dershowitz? I never touched her! I'm sorry to force a habit. Well, that's all the time we have to not bother to prepare our case today, boys and Pam Bondi. So until next time... It's Let's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for a not trial. No evidence, no witnesses. Let's not have a trial. Let's not have a trial, boys and girls. Thank you for listening to Barely Audible Whisper, made possible by the following people. Co-host, writer, and producer Dave Baldwin. Co-host Molly Brown, writer and actor Daniel Carter-Brown, actors Corey Burns, Ellie Glonick, and Michael Morgan. Please follow us on social media. Check out the really super cool things Dan has done on YouTube and our uh, Facebook to give us some visual stuff. And uh, subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. We appreciate your support. Should you be sniffing the whole time Would she's talking? Yeah, I'm waiting for her to. I'm waiting for her to say her line on the next page. Where'd my line go? <laughs>
she's really in character. You do, guys. You want, do, you want, 